Welcome to Mr. Bait and Switch. Ghost stories to keep you and your organization alive. Each of these stories is written to reflect on life-giving insights, but you have to figure out what the insight is that will keep you alive. For more information and reflection and discussion questions, go to spacepainter.com. And now, let's get to our next story. Bottom Line Written by J. Thomas Sparrow and read by Geraldine Hoxie Sparrow In the graveyard, the place where my wife and my parents were buried, I lay wide awake in my casket. I felt completely alone in the darkness. Something unpleasant was growing inside of me. At only six feet underground, it seemed the weight of the world rested on my soul. As the CEO of Furniture of the Future, I worked my whole career for a healthy bottom line. And although I was successful, I had regrets. Now they were growing. After my death, for two days I left my body and walked the streets near the funeral home. Nothing interested me, so I went back into my body and waited for my final rest. A week later, I felt empty and sleep-deprived. For some reason, I was being drawn out of my grave and back to my company. I needed to get up and do something. It may sound funny to you, but it was utterly depressing to me. My bodily spirit emerged from under the fresh sod of my grave. I was fully dressed in my burial suit, but I was only there in spirit. I could see through my hands, through my clothes, my legs, and even through my shoes. I began to walk away from my grave towards the industrial side of town. It was a nine-mile trip to my company. I had never walked that far in my good shoes. My feet dragged but did not kick up dust as I walked. It was an effort to move, but mindlessly I walked to the place I had worked for 42 years, 26 of them as the CEO. It occurred to me that I had always heard that no one dies and wishes he had spent more time working. Yet I wasn't headed to see my daughter or my son or my grandchildren. My family had always been my first priority. I guess that beautiful life was complete. I was headed back to work for unfinished business. As I arrived, I was surprised to find there were lots of people like me, dead retirees that had been drawn back to work. Hello, Peter. It was the voice of Steve Nelson, one of the deceased engineers. Hello, Steve. Dozens of people had come back to work after they died. I found them everywhere. They all had a regret that wouldn't let them sleep. They were restless souls and they were hiding. I met Sasha up in a tree looking out at the company campus. I found Harold in a janitor's closet. Demarcus and I met on top of the factory roof. They were ashamed of their predicament. That is why they hid. I easily located them. Every time I got near one of them, I had a tingling sensation where my heart once beat. I found Juan under the table in one of the product development buildings. He had been the North Star of the marketing department. You won't believe why I'm here, he said. Try me. 
Years ago, I had an idea that came to me in the shower. It was a design for a new chair that we could offer. I told my manager about it, but he told me to stop joking around and to do my job. I never got the chance to do anything with my idea. My job was to sell other people's ideas. I looked closely at Juan. He was biting his lip and pressing his hands together as he hid under a table. He looked like a defeated man. He was stuck in pain. How could that be? He had been one of the most successful members of our company. I had to help him. Do you still want to share your design? I asked. It's too late, he said. Better too late than never, I said. Sitting under the table together, we looked across the room at the design team. They looked young and alive. Let's wait until they finish work today, I said. When the room was quiet, Juan took a pencil in hand. It's hard to do that when you're dead, but if you want to hold or move something badly enough, you can force your energy to it. He willed the pencil to move. He sketched out his design on a piece of paper and left it on the desk of one of the designers. The next day, that designer picked up the sketch and studied it. She began to smile. She asked if anyone knew where it had come from. No one knew, but everyone loved it. Awesome, and I love that it has five legs, one of the team members said. They built prototypes of that chair. After work, Juan and I sat in them and talked about old times. I told him something I had never told any of my employees. Secretly, I have longed to be a poet. I always wanted to send out a memo that was a poem rather than a company announcement about another new policy. You should do it, he said. Perhaps this story is the start of my poem. I'm sharing my heart with you. When the chair went into focus group trials on the second day, the response was so positive that Juan just started floating away. His spirit was soaring. Thank you, boss, he said to me as I stretched out to give him a high five. Something powerful came over me as I watched him relax and float out of the building. That moment helped me to recapture a bit of my heart from the regrets that had sprouted in it. I came across Judy in a storage closet, sitting in her old chair. Judy, I said, what are you doing here? Hi, Peter. Well, you know, same old, same old. She had been a standout project manager. My heart ached for her as I heard her say, I never did what I truly wanted to do. What was that? I wanted to stop the infighting. I wanted to create an atmosphere of empathy and understanding in our office. In her 35 years with the company, she oversaw 11 multi-year projects. Her teams were known for getting along with each other. Judy, you were one of our best team leaders. Your people worked exceptionally well together. What more could you have done? She looked at me and didn't say anything. I could tell she was struggling to speak. Tears of light welled up in her eyes. Finally, she said to me, were you blind? What do you mean? I mean, she said, did you not see the way the male workers harassed the women workers? Did you not hear the disparaging comments about our African-American employees? 
Were you not aware that one of your gay workers took his own life after a practical joke played on him in the factory bathroom? I, I, I don't know what to say. I tried to create a positive work environment. Judy said, I know you did, and I'm not mad at you. I am disappointed in myself. It is all I can think about. My life is over, and I am consumed with regret. I had wanted to do something for years while I was still alive, but a busy project manager like me couldn't jump ship for a year or two to concentrate on collegial relationship building. Judy shook her head. So why do I feel like I missed my calling? Standing silently with Judy in the storage closet, my own eyes filled with tears. Such sadness surrounds death. She looked at the floor. Her tears were like jewels of light hitting the ceramic tile by her feet. I wiped my cheeks. My tears were warm like sunlight. Maybe it's not too late, I said. Over the next few days, we created and left guides about critical conversations so that the right people would notice them on their desks. We sent out emails with short, poignant stories. We put up a photo of Sid Burns on the entrance wall, the man who had taken his life after the restroom incident. The plaque under it said, In loving memory of Sid, a loyal worker who we all miss. On a Tuesday evening, Judy said to me, it will never be enough to change everyone, but it is enough to comfort me. My regret is gone. Watching Judy in the darkness of the after hours, I saw her rise up out of her chair. She began to laugh softly. It was time for her to take her final rest. She said, I'll never forget you. She floated out of the room. How can I say this? Since my death, I have felt incomplete. Like I had missed what was truly important at work. I had let my employees down. Now, what I wanted most was to help others succeed with their unfinished business. My time with Judy and Juan helped to ease that burden. I set out to replicate that success. I helped DeMarcus join the phone sales staff for a day of phantom calls. Sasha got to use the woodworking tools and actually made a coffee table. Harold got involved in resource management and saved the company more than $10,000. Steve got to hire a square dance caller for the monthly employee luncheon. He danced every dance, even though he couldn't hold on to a partner. Time flies. In the last year, I helped 89 retirees let go of regret. 89. That's how old I am. I am sitting in the chair of the current CEO. Her grandfather clock will strike midnight soon. Then I will turn 90 years old. Sitting in this chair, it occurs to me that by keeping people in one job, they get put in a box. We slide the boxes around strategically and call it job freedom. But the people are still in the box, stuck in one role with unfulfilled dreams. Take it from me. You are going to end up in a box once you are dead.
It's not right to put people in a box while they are still alive. I mentioned that I always wanted to share some poetry, but it never seemed to fit my role as CEO. It seemed too soft. Perhaps helping people is poetic. Poetry goes beyond the mere meaning of the words. What I experienced over the last year cannot be fully expressed in a written statement. What can one say to the living about the struggles of death? Your time will come soon enough, and then you will know for yourself. I decided to take Juan's advice to share a poem. This poem is for our current CEO. Maybe someone alive can still make sense of it. Maybe she will feel the impact of what these words mean to me. I am leaving it on her desk. The bottom line. Unfulfilled dreams don't die. Regret sprouts in the lonely darkness. Cultivate dreams today. Cross-pollinate the business garden. Grow the future while the light still shines. My hand trembles. I leave the poem on her desk. A dream I have had for 20 years, I have fulfilled in 20 minutes of clutching a pen with my death grip. I notice that I am smiling. My heart is full. The clock is chiming. I'm turning 90. I feel light, like the chimes of the clock resounding in the room. I am floating off the floor, out of the room, through the building. It is effortless. Now I soar off the company property, down the back roads. I don't need to walk. I am floating through the air, watching the night sky. I see the distant planets burning steady. Now I float over the iron gate at the cemetery and come to my grave. The grass has just been cut. The moon is but a sliver. My spirit descends through the grass and dirt to my wonderful, comfortable casket, my final resting place. My dream is about to begin. My eyelids grow heavy. My heart is content. I close my eyes, and my final sleep comes at last. Thanks for listening to Mr. Bait and Switch, ghost stories to keep you and your organization alive. Remember, to see reflection and discussion questions, go to spacepainter.com. This podcast is brought to you by Resounding Source Audio.